Hello, my name is Charles Kojo Van Dyke. I am the host of Alternative Convos. Alternative Convos is a discussion show at the intersection between social cohesion and social change in Africa. It is an alternative platform, a safe space for alternative views. Today's guest is Mahmoud Kamara. He's a Sierra Leonean-born human rights campaigner, researcher, and development communications expert. He has expertise in grant-making, advocacy, strategic campaigning, partnership building, resource mobilization, community mobilization, and networking, among other pertinent skills. So you can see we are in really amazing company. He's had stints with Amnesty International, Oxfam Great Britain, Concern Worldwide, and the Sierra Union Broadcasting Service. He's currently the Executive Director of the Africa Transitional Justice Legacy Fund. So today's discussion point is, how can transitional justice strengthen peace security, and governance in Africa. Mahmoud, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, Charles, for having me. So I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think the topic today is one of those topics that I think is often misunderstood. <laughs> so I'll first of all love to get your personal perspective. So what is your story? How did you get into this transitional justice work. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm also excited to be on this podcast and um, it's it's an exciting uh, initiative and I think it's really good that we're having this conversation here uh, for the continent. Thank you. Um, so I come from Cyril, as you rightly mentioned, and uh, I was uh, a victim of the war in Cyril, the 10 years civil war. I became an internally displaced person in wow. the country, and uh, my father was shot um, by rebels. Mm. Uh, luckily, he didn't die, yeah. and uh, houses burnt. Mm. But I experienced the war as a direct victim and as a survivor mm. in, in three different locations in the country. I grew up in Kedema, which is a southeast. Yeah. That's next to Bo. Yes. Very next to Bo. It was in the south. Southern capital. Yeah. Kenema is the eastern yeah, capital. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so my journey is actually one of, uh, uh, that is based on lived experience. Yeah. Right? I have experienced war and conflict as, as a child, as a young person. Mm -hmm. And then after the end of the war, I found myself, I've been engaging in a lot of issues, a lot yeah. of advocacy. Uh, I, I became a member of the Pan-African Union, but those days it was pan and very young age, 11 when I was in primary school. For wow. And, uh, I mean, you are very conscious about African issues at that time. Absolutely. <laughs> I was I was introduced by my family, uh, my father, and you know, okay. he introduced me to uh, Pan-Africanism yeah. and uh, an element of social democracy. And you know, so I, I consider myself as a social democrat. You know, okay. I started firstly as, as a socialist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I was recruited into the, an organization called NASMOS, which was a National Association of Socialists and, um, and Mobilizers in Sierra Leone. Okay. 
And um, so we got involved with a number of things. I was a student leader yeah. at secondary school. We got involved in peace building initiatives in peace clubs. Mm-hmm. So the journey, my journey yeah. into transitional justice yeah. and into peace building and on any kind of just and uh, transition process, mm-hmm. whether it's transitioning from military rule to democracy, mm-hmm. transitioning from conflict to peace, yeah. transitioning from dictatorship to democracy, yeah. all of these things have been involved at a very young age. Wow. And uh, I got into college. And then was part of the first uh, group of young students and to be part of the human rights clinic at Freeman College. We set up a radio station that worked on uh, um, on peace building and human rights advocacy. Wow. Is that how you got into the Slovenian broadcasting? Well, I, started, I started my uh, career. It was a funny, very funny story because I went there to be interviewed. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, was, I was the secretary of the UNESCO clubs, uh, UNESCO Association for Clubs um, in CWLU. Okay. It was a federation, and uh, I represented my school at the, okay. at the UNESCO club um, association. And then went to the SLBS at those days yeah. to be interviewed by one of the journalists. And then after okay. the interview, the journalist said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, we, wow. we, we need people like you, you know, to come and just give some different perspective to journalism and yeah. in young voices yeah and after taking the college entrance exams you know there's that long gap and there was nothing much to do yeah so i got into that's how i got into journalism wow and, and <laughs> uh, the journey then continued mm-hmm. even when i got into journalism i started i was doing uh politics uh, political reporting governance reporting and human rights reporting wow and then the tears that was rare at that time right it was for the for country because it was yeah. we're coming from. So this was what time again? So we're talking here about in the two thousands. Wow! In the early two thousands, okay. and um, so two thousand and one, we were still doing the peace process, the negotiation. Yeah. And in two thousand and two, mm-hmm. the peace was declared. The yeah. war was declared over. The TRC was set up, and during that time, I was already in college, and while I was still working because you know somebody has to, somebody has to fend them. Of so while working and studying, the TRC process was going on, and uh, uh, I also got involved into that. Worked with NGOs like Family Talk, you know, um, John Cocker. Worked with, um, in fact, the interim secretariat of the special of the uh, TRC. Yes. We were part of the first set of people who worked in that interim secretariat. Oh, right. I was involved in training. I guess I was a young journalist, but because I was involved in a lot of activities, I helped to train all the journalists on how to do reporting okay. on the process that was unfolding. Mm-hmm. So I got involved into that strategic process at that age, at that time, and formally, we worked and we covered the TLC proceedings across the country, yeah. and then I... That is the truth and reconciliation. Truth and reconciliation. Yes. Right. And uh, you know, Syria Leone had its own, and it was modeled out of the, out of the, the South Africa one. Oh, the South African one, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, College, we set up the uh, or the Radio Mountain Red. Wow. Yes. And, uh, You've been busy. All <laughs> <laughs> in that process. <laughs> no. We set up the first, uh, there was a, a focus on human rights. I was trying to conceptualize the program. Okay. And I was the first producer of the program. We used yeah. that program as well to advocate okay. for the advancements of a number of rights. And yeah. was this, we had other NGO leaders who were pushing, for instance, for the Freedom of Information Law, you know, when the Safar Bunlai was leading that campaign. Yeah. So we used the station as well, and we used the radio to do 
and uh, is it still there? Okay, so the registration is still there. Wow. The program is, I think, is also still there because I remember I said to me one point and I went there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that journey has been going on. I've been involved, um, of course, with the special courts. Yeah. What with the outreach. Not directly as a staff, but we worked very closely with the, the outreach section of the special court. And then, and, um, fast forward, I joined Amnesty International as a West Africa researcher covering uh, Anglo for West Africa. Yeah. Uh, primarily in Nigeria and Ghana. Yeah. And uh, reported on the conflict in the Northeast extensively as a researcher. And, yeah. and then later on, became injured country director. For amnesty in Nigeria. In Nigeria, we yeah. oh, okay. had to set up the amnesty office. Oh, that's amazing! I mean, this this is an amazing, amazing story. I mean, I think I have I have the best person to talk about transitional justice. <laughs> you know, often when people talk about transitional justice, they the, the, the next word that comes to their mind is reparation. But what is it all about? Is it really all about reparations? What is it about? So, so transitional justice is much broader than just reparations. Uh, for a very simple definition of trans transitional justice, yeah. these are the, the measures and yeah. the efforts and the mechanisms that governments with support from civil society yeah. and, and victims groups undertake to deal with wrongs of the past, to deal with mass atrocities, to deal with mass crimes mm -hmm. that have been perpetrated, uncommitted by both state and non-state actors. Okay, so like human rights violations. Serious human rights yeah. violations okay. that have been committed by state and non-state actors. Mm -hmm. To ensure that those, um, and it, it has a number of pillars, you know, from the UN perspective, it has four major pillars. But from the yeah. AU perspective, perspective because yeah. the AU has developed its own transitional justice policy framework, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. That framework applies about 13 indicative elements of transitional justice, wow. which is also an indication of how much that the field has grown and has developed over mm. time. Yeah. So these measures that the government undertake will um, mm. involve first truth, you know, establishing the truth eh? and promoting reconciliation. Okay. And then I think another um, uh, element or, or pillar yeah. will also involve um, justice and accountability, ensuring that those who have committed crimes in our broad held accountable. Okay, they face the law. Exactly. Okay. And this could be, the justice could be different forms. It could be punitive, uh, it could be uh, uh, the restorative or retributive justice, right? Okay. And then you have reparations, which is what you have to, you've mentioned. Yeah. And even reparation has five uh, sub-elements. Wow. Uh, satisfaction, composition, which is what a lot of... Yeah, I love people. That's, yeah, because yeah. I was telling somebody I've come to meet Mahmoud and he's going to talk about transitional justice. He said, ask him about reparations <laughs> to Africa. Ask him, the money, the money. There's another element, yeah. a whole a bigger debate around yeah. reparations on historical crimes when it comes to slavery, slave trade, and colonialism. Yes. That is a different um, debate and discussion altogether. Okay. But I want to get it falls under the broader umbrella of transitional justice. Mm. I think I'm this, uh, and our work at ATGLF is is uh, it covers that. Okay. Um, so, uh, I I think I was meant I was talking about reparations and yeah. guarantees of law, but and then we have uh, institutional reform. Oh, that's all part of. It's all part of the pillars of transitional. Reform. Oh wow! So we, we it's it's with most times when we talk about the and you rightly mentioned at the start mm -hmm. the misconception yeah. of transitional justice. Mm -hmm. It involves a lot, and now with the AUTJP, 
yeah. uh, which is the document that we have here. Yeah. It talks, uh, it, it kind of expands all of these issues. So, okay. So, for the indicative elements, we're talking about peace processes. That's one. Okay. Because for, for, uh, any, for a country to deal with, you know, but when it's conflict that I, uh, a country that is experiencing conflict, there has to be peace processes first. Of course. And those peace processes have to be inclusive. They have to ensure that the victims' voices are heard and, and then they are fully represented. And, and it's crucial also to just be a blanket process and that gives, um, you know, that kind of delineates between the victors and the vanquished. And we also have an transitional commissions, huh? this is where you have the two commissions and all of the peace commissions, right? And then a new element, which the previous, you know, Western conceptualization of TJ did not uh, take into consideration, is traditional justice mechanism. I love that. So what does that mean? Leveraging on our traditional exactly. system. Taking into con uh, consideration that Africa and Africans yeah. have solved our own problems in the past without the involvement of Western interference and without necessarily going through the conventional justice process, which is the courts and having lawyers. Mm -hmm. Let's take Sierra Leone, for instance. Yeah. You know, we had the special court for Sierra Leone. Lots of money was spent. <laughs> a huge amount. Well, a handful of people who collected the greatest responsibility for crimes against humanity yeah. and war crimes. Well, the argument has always been that Instead of spending that huge amount of money on um, being into justice and trying a handful or a few people, why not um, spend that money in ensuring that one, we use our additional methods to mm -hmm. that will firstly advance justice. So it's yes. not like giving people black and amnesty and all that. There, there won't be it. Uh, there, there must be justice because there could be no peace without justice. But through a traditional But using a traditional route. method, that, yes. Yes, that is more restorative. Fantastic. Not necessarily always punitive. It, it should be a hybrid uh, system. A balance. Combining, yes, combining mm. these various methods. Yeah. So the ADTJP, mm. because it was done following years of consultation, I think it took 10 years wow. for the African Union in collaboration with a lot of other stakeholders, mm. led by civil society and organization called CSBI, which I'm sure you are aware of. Yes, yes, yes. Went through this process, consulted with experts, consulted with the victims' groups to, to bring these documents to life. So that is that is the part one, and then of course we have reconciliation and social cohesion. Mm -hmm. Because for a country to transition from peace to democracy, then from conflict to peace and democracy, there has to be some form of reconciliation, coexistence, yes. some dialogue, yeah. and then reparations, which is what yeah. is very popular. Yes, <laughs> and then a very important elements as well that the AUTJB took into consideration is what is very common in 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 the Latin Americas, uh, the South America. Yeah. Right. Redistributive or socioeconomic justice. Interesting. Most of the shared economic justice. Yes. So, so is it about redistributing income so in an equitable manner? It's about redistributing resources. Or resources. resources. Ah, income. It could be other national resources. Uh, assets and honor. And of course, as you, you know, and you will agree, most of the conflict that we have in the continent, I mean, if you take the case of Sierra Leone, yes. in the past when people mentioned Sierra Leone, blood diamond is the problem. Yes, that's good. It's been, the root causes have always been about the limited and the, the, the imbalanced distribution of resources. resources yeah. Yeah. What we call the national kick. The national kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
No, we're saying and uh, transitional justice mechanisms should take those issues into consideration. Should just focus on the civil and political rights issues. Or focus on economic, uh, social, and cultural rights issues as well, which takes this socioeconomic justice element wow. into consideration. And then more with memorialization. So these are all things that memorialization means we, we can forgive, but we don't necessarily forget. We should remember the past. We should remember. So the idea is not for you to forget the past. Because you use that remembrance to prevent a recurrence. Interesting. So memorialization and thoughts are things that help us to re remember, mm -hmm. to remind our consciences, to remind us that this thing happened. We should not allow it to happen again. Mm -hmm. But it also helps to for intergenerational and conversation and dialogue and for the consolidation of peace and mm -hmm. the translation of social and cohesion and, uh, of course, the guarantees of non repayments. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes. And it's good for history, right? See, well, if, if I wasn't part of it, I want to know what happened. Yes. And how was she? Where the key uh, there, how the shit? Yes, exactly. So, so for me, this is very holistic, mm -hmm. and in a way, very preventive. Very, very much in, in at forward looking. Yeah. As it's not just looking back; you're looking mm -hmm. back to look forward. Mm -hmm. And the two other elements that I didn't add: yes. diversity management and justice and accountability. So this is where the A the AMTJP is more. Um, comprehensive, a bit more comprehensive mm -hmm. than the previous uh, conceptualization of TG as um, defined by the UN. Excellent. So I'm just wondering, uh, because I want to get a bit into a little practical examples. Mm -hmm. So for example, the Africa Transitional uh, Justice Legacy Fund and yes. others who work in this space, what would you say have been some of the practical wins? Yes. You know, we are in a continent where people are very skeptical. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, is anything really changing? Yeah. We will go back. We will to, to, to our violent past. So, it, there's been a worrying trend recently, yeah. you know, in the continent mm. with, the, with the regression in mm. dictatorships, the regression and the, the reimagines of coups exactly. and, and conflicts, mm. especially for us in West Africa. And we always see this happening. And uh, for 20 years, you know, there have been significant progress. Yeah. Uh, in the consolidation of our peace and democracy, we've seen successive changes in governments with countries changing and opposition winning and uh, the incumbents peacefully handing over. My country is, is an example. Yeah. Ghana is another example. Yeah. Nigeria is an example. Oh, and all of these other countries, right? Across the, the, the Liberia uh, as well. But recently we've seen multiple coups in Mali, mm. multiple coups in Burkina Faso and a coup in, in Guinea. In Guinea yeah. And uh, we see uh, threats to, to democratic um, gains in countries like Benin and, and, and other places. And like, Sudan. And, and of course, what is going on with Sudan mm -hmm. like that. And um, even in the countries of the Arab Spring, Tunisia, we see a decline. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're also noticing a problem where the dividends of democracy are not being benefited. It's yes. not feeling yes. uh, uh, the, the benefits of of democracy. So the questions now, we're questioning democracy as a political yeah. uh, concept. Yeah. There's a lot of question around what's why in fact, because the same people, the same politicians who are voting are the same people. Whether you vote in, in the case of this, uh, one country, yeah. between party A or party, party B, B yeah. they seem the to be the same. Yes. Yeah. It's just, they're just sharing, uh, um, it's an musical chair. Yeah. And uh, it's not filtering, the benefits are not filtering. And the issues that matter to people, which is the bread and butter issues, you know, have been kind of seen left 
unprotected. Exactly. And they're not being ring-faced. Yes. Government policy, especially economic policies, are not translating into real-life changes. Mm-hmm. Now, go, let's go to your question yeah. about the practical evidence that, that wins. Yeah. Now, ATJLF, which is the Africa Transitional Justice Legacy Fund, was established in 2018, yeah. late 2018, and we started um, fully operational uh, work in uh, 2019. When we started, there was a serious gap because a lot of the tides and big foundations and folders come with what I will call the, the fire brigade or the parachute approach <laughs> to intervention. Yeah. Yeah. Come put out the fire and then, and then they leave. Yeah. And then two years later, the fire begins to act. Embers of the fire begin to emerge and it's exactly what Because they were not sustainable solutions. Yes. Yeah. So ATJ was, was was established to that one. To, to Africanize transitional justice interventions. Nice. Because we have seen, see, as I mentioned earlier, that most of the conceptions and the, the interpretations and interventions that were done for TJ were basically Western in nature, Western in practice, Western in ideology. Yeah. So while the UTJP was being developed, you know, the founders, and this is MacArthur Foundation and Wellspring Philanthropic Fund, who have been supporting this process at the continental level, Great. thought that it was really important to ensure that we don't have just have another paper, another policy, because it's not for lack of policy that we are having exactly. what we are having in the continent. No, that, that's no, fine. Of policy frameworks, no, no. Right. It is as a result of a follow-up mechanism and mm-hmm. interventions. That, so they did a study and found out that West Africa is a threat. You know, there's always that... Um, instability. Instability. There's yeah. always that shaky kind of um, situation yeah. within the sub-region. Yeah. And all our countries are, are far more advanced when it comes to TJ and what they're doing, but there was a gap in the sub-region in mm-hmm. East Africa. Mm-hmm. So they focused on West Africa and then set up ATGLF. I was brought in mm-hmm. from Amnesty International to come and lead the process. Nice. What they got there, what, what we met, you know, it was that a lot of the uh, initiatives that were good were either dying out, yeah. and the few that were, um, you know, operating didn't have significant citizen engagement and involvement. And so we wanted to activate citizen agency, okay. survival's agency in transitional justice intervention. We wanted to bring in the voice of the uh, the, the people who were left, you know, in the peripheries of teaching. like the margin. Yes, yeah. they were not really part. Of they were not. The you know, yeah. victims and survivors were not part of the process that affects them. And yeah. these are the ones who should be at the at the uh, center of the center. Everything yeah. and around them. So yeah. that that was what we did, and what we are very proud to report back on and to to let them and uh, to let everybody know is that we've been we've succeeded in doing that in a number of countries. We think mm-hmm. the idea. In the case of the Gambia, Gambia did not experience conflict. They experienced 22 years of dictatorship on the Jamaica. And, and as a result, the political system, civil, civil society activism was really affected. You know, the structures were collapsed. Yes. The, the capacity for civil society to actually engage in, in, in government-led processes was, was very minimal. Yeah. It's a minimal of non-existent. Yeah. So we have been able to come in and supported in fact, the Gambia received uh, the highest number of our intervention when it comes to individual grants. Uh, in yes, and uh, we've supported uh, primarily women-led organizations, yeah. giving them uh, money you know, and, of course, technical assistance to enable them to develop their own programs at community level, but also participate at the national programs yeah. that the government is undertaking. In the case of Sierra Leone and Liberia, 
which had gone through their own TJ process yeah. with a lot of recommendations of their own and their TRC uh, and what the two party constitutional commissions had not been implemented or were not being implemented. We have supported processes, supported organizations to reactivate uh, the campaign of the advocacy. And in case of Syria, we've seen the development of a national transitional justice policy guide for the first time in the history of the country, and that is drawn on and out of the AUTGP. Right. In the case of Liberia, we've seen the revival of the Palava Hot session. Oh, the Palava Hot. Yeah. Yeah, those are very popular. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And also the what we call the mediatization of transitional justice, where we work with media, local media. More intimately. This yes. To strategically. Yes. So for them to report on TGE intervention, but also for them to let people be reminded of um, the, the things that happened and uh, the reason why we need to consolidate the peace in the various countries. In the case of Syria as well, we supported the Center for Memory and Reparations and uh, they have uh, developed and uh, have constructed what is called the tool of the unknown civilian. It is the first death. Of the others, it sounds interesting. Of the unknown civilians, yes. oh, those who died, yes. that could not be identified. Yes. That brilliant. So the TRC identified the last graves that must have been yes, yes, and then yes. put them, you know, in various parts of the country. So what um, CMR has been able to do is go around to these various massacre sites and massacres, and then they will reconstruct them. Wow! Together with the communities okay. and the local traditional authorities and traditional rulers and uh, rebury and provide some kind of ceremonial yeah. reburial yeah. to to give this um, a dignity conclusion yes to, to, to the people in this community yeah. and then um, using those our local burial rights so that these people uh, could be remembered but also that those whose lives have been lost those who were killed their lives will just go in vain and it's more like co-opting the tomb of the unknown soldier in the worst times, we remember yeah. the tomb of the unknown yeah. after the World War. You know, they built various memorial sites yeah. according to. In the case of Syria, it's a civilian, because a lot of civilians were killed. What well, nobody remembers, you know, those yeah. um, civilians who were killed and it really sounds different. And um, we've also been able to create and bridge the uh, gap that often exists between. Locally led initiatives for TG and the national ones, uh, maybe, you know, very important governments. Right. Bring them together mm. and ensure that they are discussing and consulting and that whatever is being implemented at the local level has political buy-in and whatever is being led at the political and national level has local buy-in. So we saw that we, we, we kind of, um, the, the demand and supply side of TG intervention is, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a common ground. We'll bring we'll bring that program. So after the EU, the, the, and we work with the EU very significantly to popularize the, the EU TJP because a lot of the time people with these policies, nobody knows about that. And especially when uh, they involve you know, peace and charity as a lot of um, investments in ensuring that uh, the Africa we want agenda. Yes. Is achieved, but one of the uh, um, agenda items is uh, you know, silencing the guns, right? Promoting peace and security. Transitional justice is a key element of that in sharp of that fight. Yes, in particular, yes. Fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, this is amazing, amazing, amazing. So I usually like to kind of like end these kind of conversations with what I call a call to action. But today I'll do a bit something slightly different. Yeah. yeah I want your perspective because this is the question I've been getting from people who knew I was coming to talk to you. Yeah. 
is it what, what should be our strategy to get reparations oh. for the crimes that were committed <laughs> against us? You know, because yes. people feel that a lot of uh, uh, our investments or our 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 resources uh, are the ones that are being utilized abroad, and that they actually should be in Africa being utilized to transform Africa. Fair. So, what do we need to do to get reparations? Well, thank you very much for this question, Charles. Because uh, at ATGLF, we don't just do till end called Transitional Justice Interventions, we have a second program, which is called Reparations and Healing Program. And uh, that Reparations and Healing Program deals exclusively with the, the global campaign for reparations and for free historical crimes. We call consider them as historical crimes. Slavery, yes. slave trade, and colonialism. A lot of violations, serious crimes against humanity are committed in these three uh, periods of, of, of global history, right? And uh, ATJLF has been part of the global movement to demand for reparations to Africa, to Africans, and people of African descent. So these are three clear Africa, Africans, and the people of African descent. I like the distinction. <laughs> because we have, and, and we, the reason why we... we um, again, this, this, especially the puppet is a quite a consistent and nomenclature. Uh, we want to promote global Africa. So I said Africa because right now, Africa is not just the geographical, physical continent. We have global Africa. We have people spread across different parts of the world. Yeah. So the reparations that we are demanding is not just for uh, a reform or repair of those that are in the continent. And it is for anybody. Huh? It was like... Um, the president said in this in the keynote speech yeah um when we organized a global summit on reparations and healing a drawing from peter tosh it doesn't matter where you come from as long as you're a black person you are an african yeah and so our campaign strategy has been simple firstly we are demanding for an acknowledgement of the world's down okay. africans okay. And, and and the continent for the the, the centuries of of plunder we are also demanding for you know, repair and reform. And, and repair takes different forms. It, it's, it requires repair and reform. Yes. So we repair, we call it for repair, repairing, because reparation, you know, is, um, involves repairing something that's been broken, something that has been injured, something that's been hot, right? So we are calling for, and this will take different forms. It will take a form of financial compensation. It will take a form of um, return of things that we're taking, whether it's mm. T-shirt. So we're looking at the full spectrum mm. of reparations here. Acknowledgement, apology, satisfaction, guarantees of non-repetition, uh, and composition. Composition in terms of um, political authority in the global spaces, mm -hmm. composition in terms of finance, yeah. And this, this could be monetized in terms of how much in the global systems and, and uh, countries, you know, we are perpetrators of this uh, heinous crime, how much they benefited. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, quantify this and then redistribute it. Mm -hmm. All the countries in the continent that suffered can reach the result. Mm -hmm. And then uh, reform, reforming global systems and structures. The, the current global system was structured and built on the back of black people 
and uh, but we are the most we're currently powerless we don't have a voice we don't have a seat for for several years now the african union and uh, and other members of the global south have been calling for a reform of the security council as one example yeah. and that has not been uh, not not been done yeah. so we have um systems and global systems and structures like the ilf and the world bank mm. that continue to subjugate um, the continent of countries and the continent to various forms of inhumane conditions you know when it comes to them benefiting from the same money that you got this this to promote <laughs> yeah, exactly so uh, so these are all the kind of things that we're calling for a uh, reform. We and one one way we're doing it is building a movement because we know that, that right. we cannot have a global movement. Yes, we cannot have these debates and this demand being done in 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 isolation and in silence. The perpetrators and and the, the, the colonial powers, the former colonial powers, and those who are sitting on this global power and wealth, yes, uh, will, will thrive and benefit from this on this uh, divide and conquer. Because this this is the approach they use, you know, to uh, you know, chop off the continent into various parts. Of course. Um, so they can keep on benefiting. So, so this so they will benefit from it. But if we come together as a continent, as a people, huh? as a race, to demand and make our demand, you know, spell out our demand very clearly, just like what the uh, our brothers and colleagues and sisters in the Caribbean have done, developing a template plan for reparations, yeah, then to CARICOM. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things we want to do, and ETGNF is helping to move on that. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So thank you. Thank you, Bobo, so much, Mathmeet. I mean, this has been a, a journey into transitional justice like no other, and I'm really excited about the work um, that the Africa Transitional Justice Legacy Fund is doing. I'm really impressed. Um, it's not easy work it's not at all, <laughs> but it's futuristic. I think uh, you're doing things that will help Africa in the near future and in the future. So that is the aspiration and we are thankful for opportunities like this to, to just put out what we're doing yeah. and to also commend the work that you're doing and what other comrades in the struggle are doing to advance the cause of Africa in Africa and outside. Thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you. All right.